All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Meathead University. I hope you all are doing well. Today, we are coming out with episode four. We're going to talk about a few different topics. Shay, if you'd be able to, you know, take the audience through what we're going to be talking about today. Sure. Uh, in episode four, we will be talking about deloads. So we're going to be talking about what is a deload, uh, when to deload, uh, like signs that you maybe need to deload because sometimes there can be multiple signs and maybe things that are more important to uh, look out for than other things. Uh, then we're going to talk about how to deload. Uh, there's kind of two ways that we're going to jump into. And then uh, nutrition during a deload, so how you should be eating. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of the gist of today's episode. Precisely. But first, we're going to talk about kind of oh, yeah. catch up on our training, talk yeah. about how training's been going. Yeah. Shit like that. Would you like to start us off? How's your training been going? Yeah, training for me has been going great, actually. Uh, I'm in my, currently in my fourth week of my mesocycle, so volume is starting to increase a little higher. Uh, probably only see myself going for another week, so five weeks, and then I'm going to take a deload, so kind of like today's topic, perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the necessity. Yeah, but other than training, I've been getting stronger, and which is nice. Uh, my food's around thirty six hundred calories a day, and today I actually woke up at my highest weight, one hundred and eighty two pounds, which I have oh, not shit. been that heavy in like six months. So it's kind of cool to oh, see it's that. Been that long. Yeah, shit. yeah, it's been that long. Like nice. the last time I look back at my weights that I track, and the last time I was one eighty two was like before February. So yeah, a little over right. six months ago. Nice. Yeah, so that was cool, and uh, I'm staying relatively lean, too, as my weight's going up, my strength's going up, so I think everything's going the right way for my first mezzo of my, like, legit mass, so, yeah, mm-hmm. nothing to really complain about. How about you? Are you prioritizing anything this mesocycle at all? Uh, Yeah, kind of. I, like, I kind of had upper body prioritized, like, mainly, I would say mainly back. Mm-hmm. Like, I've kind of been pushing the volume on back out of everything. Like a little bit on chest too, but probably pushing volume up on back the most. But of course, we were kind of talking about this before the podcast. Like I find myself adding volume to like my squats and shit. And it was just like, why am I doing that? Yeah. And I'm just kind of adding unwanted fatigue for like no reason. And yeah. Like my legs are supposed to be in the back burner anyways, but. Yeah. Like Shay said, we were talking about that before the podcast and it's just like. There's just something about leg training. Like, yeah, you you just want to keep adding, and it just feels right to yeah. be doing something harder every week, yeah. especially on the hardest muscle group there is. Yeah, and it's like getting that, like, we were talking about that feeling of just, like, literally, like, wanting to cry just because you're so hyped up from training legs. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and so, so happy, too, just the endorphins you get out yeah, of that shit. Yeah, it's crazy. Dude. So, yeah, I I find myself adding volume and intensity to my leg training when mm-hmm. that wasn't the really goal, but... Yeah. It happens. But hey. I'm recovering too, so. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so maybe you're just kind of going a little above like MEV or whatever, which I think is totally Yeah, okay. which is fine if it's not totally yeah. killing everything else. But yeah, how's your training going? My training's also been going pretty well. I'm currently in week two of my mass phase back from vacation. Sweet. So yeah, last week was pretty rough, not going to lie. Sore pretty much all week. Yeah. Uh, And for this mass cycle... Well, for this entire macro cycle, actually, I'm prioritizing upper body. Mm-hmm. So some of the mesocycles cycles, I'm pushing back really hard. Some of them, I'm pushing more chest. Yeah. Uh, personally, my chest is pretty good compared to the rest of my body. So you'd say more focus on back then? Yeah. yeah. And also arms, too. Yeah. 
Like arms are definitely something that my physique struggles the most with, I'd say. So um, throughout the whole time, you know, even if I'm focusing on back one mesocycle, I'm still going to be pushing like triceps really fucking hard. Yeah. And seeing how much I can progress those. You can kind of just push those two alive, especially if you're like accustomed to like higher volume with them. Like Mm -hmm. they kind of recover quick. And for me, at least I never find like pushing volume on arms really high doesn't never really like hinders like my progression and other shit. So like, dude, like shoulders are a good example of that. Like I feel like you do fucking. Yeah. Like an eight hour shoulder workout and be fine in like two days. (laughs) Yeah. Well, do you ever like, it's like, like the acute, like soreness and like stiffness from a shoulder workout sometimes mm-hmm. is unreal. Like sometimes I'll do a shoulder workout and yeah. like I can't fucking touch my shoulders. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like, damn, I'm gonna be sore for like days. And then I wake up tomorrow and it's like, did I work shoulders tomorrow? Yeah. It's like, no, I didn't. Well, I, I did, but it feels like I didn't. But it's just they just recover so quick. Dude, actually, something funny to talk about on that is when I was training with Mike in St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, he had me do this lateral raise machine that was at Fit City. Yeah. And we did the lateral mach- lateral raise machine. I'm pretty sure we did one drop set to a lower weight on the actual machine. So at that point I was already doing like almost no weight. Yeah. And then uh like after that machine we did like a a drop set after that. So like 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 pretty much no rest between this. Yeah. Uh and then I was just doing straight up no weight at all just doing just doing ladder raises yeah. like that. And I like it literally felt like there was weight pushing down on my hands. And yeah. It was just super hard. And like that's one of those workouts I would have expected to be like super sore from in my shoulders, but then you just recover. The next day I was fine again. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, especially when food's high, you know, and yeah. sleep's good and stuff. It's just like Right. I don't know. Yeah. But definitely some interesting stuff. But yeah, I'm definitely gonna be yeah, keeping bicep, tricep, shoulder volume all pretty high throughout this entire uh, massing phase because yeah i don't really need to push legs that hard right now at least yeah I need to catch up the rest of my body so i don't look like some sort of uh fucking tree trunk uh <laughs> stick figure hey i think we both have that problem though which i think is a good problem i'd rather have like yeah, a, i'd rather have a enough. lower body dominant physique mm-hmm. in my opinion just because lower bodies speak so much more yeah, then just look like a Johnny Bravo or something. Yeah, or like a Shulk or whatever that dude's name is. That doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't. Call him out. Yeah, call him out. Doesn't train legs. Like, come on, dude. That's it. what his theory. Straight is, pussy shit. Yeah, that is pussy shit. His theory is that getting my upper body bigger is gonna mm-hmm. like hypertrophy my legs because I'm carrying around more weight in my upper body. Like that's is like that actually his logic. Yeah, that's his logic. That's like <laughs> saying fucking doing. I don't even know. Well, but the GOMAD diet has you doing, uh, like, a gallon of milk a day, of course, but then, like, doing squats, but they also say that's going to grow your upper body. Really? Like, that completely violates all principles of specificity. Yeah. That's so. just stupid bro logic that we do. Yeah. That's just, like... That's just... That's bro science that shouldn't just not even exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. so... Shulk's definitely a pussy for not training legs. <laughs> call, <laughs> call, call him out. Call him out. Uh... But also, just to uh, get back on track, we were talking about here. Uh, as far as body weight's been going for me, I'm currently 176 in the AM. That's much, like my moving average. How much is that up from your lowest? Uh, lowest? Well, like, I started, well, well, actually, pretty much back at the end of vacation, I was like 173 still. But I kind of gained a, a decent bit of weight in the first week, and, you know, that was just probably a lot of glycogen and shit. Because, you know, instead of, like, uh, like sitting around on vacation and drinking wine, I was kind of back on the uh, 
back on the grind and, you know, eating some actual good food and training again. So, uh, back on the schedule. Yeah, definitely not a bad thing that I gained more than a pound a week or something during that uh, period of time. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to touch on as far as my training goes. Going pretty fucking well. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. It's going to be a good massing phase just a couple Indeed. couple of good mesocycles of just hard training and but some conventional deadlifts coming back into play maybe yeah that's actually something, something we should talk about we could talk about we could it touch, touch on that, that. So, so yeah shane, shane and i are both going to be keeping uh conventional deadlifts or well i don't even have putting them, them in yeah which i'm really excited for just to lift yeah. some heavy weight again because right. i've never really had a, like a really like i was telling max the most i've ever pulled on conventional is like 405 which is kind of mm-hmm. like kind of feel embarrassed to say that (laughs) so i'm thinking like if i could i I don't know how much i can add but if i could add some good weight and i was telling max like when i do my rdls like my lats are just firing like crazy Mm -hmm. so if i can add a good if i can increase my fucking conventional by a lot like something's gotta happen back there you know yeah so that's my theory dude (laughs) and whenever you do uh Dumbbell stuff like those, like your erectors are so freaking Yeah, it looks big. like I have a hunchback and I just pull my shirt up and it's like my fucking erectors. I don't know. Yeah, so honestly, I would doubt that you could pull some crazy shit. Well, we'll see. It'll be fun. But, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty experienced with the deadlift game as far as, well, sumo deadlift goes. We were watching some of those videos before we started this and yeah, that shit got me motivated too. Like yeah. seeing you pull that, what was that, like that five... 525 for two yeah that was, that was probably my best set that was say. sweet dude like yeah. i was like yeah i want to do that yeah i pulled 545 before but that was on a delif bar and uh also on dmaa and <laughs> <laughs> fucking just zooted <laughs> yes that, that was a time with uh sawyer and liam and and dom in minnesota that's so. that's sweet yeah it was a good time but uh uh but yeah we're also planning on doing a little strength phase over christmas yeah so Come, come that time, you might see some crazy weights getting pulled. I get to so learn a lot from Max. His, his old polylifting side side come on. Indeed. It'd be a good time to learn some cool shit from him. So. Yep. Both, both get some good belts going. And yeah. Yep. Should be fun. And then we'll both be probably, I don't know, 190 by then? Maybe. Maybe more. You better be, dude. I'll dude be I'm, re- I'm already then. 182, and I'm like... Liking, I'm liking how I'm looking at 182, so I don't yeah. know why I couldn't push another 8 pounds by then. So maybe, you know, when I'm like 200, you'll be like 210. So, Dude, if I'm 210, I don't know. <laughs> I just keep going thinking about that. That would be unreal, dude. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be sweet. That'd be very exciting. If I can, like, get to 210 in a healthy manner, I'm down for it. But I'm just, if I'm just mm-hmm. a fat piece of shit at 210, I don't want to be 210. Dude, I just doubt that that's going to happen. Become a fat piece of shit. Well, I mean, it's possible. It's possible. I'm definitely, I'll definitely get a look. We'll definitely be we'll a little fluffy, fluffy, but hey. But it'll be straight mass getting put on. Dude, Just sheer at, mass. Dude, next summer we're going to look like we're going to be on the natty or not pages. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, should we get into our topic? Indeed. Right. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about deloads this podcast. Um, there's a lot to talk about as far as deloading goes. Some people don't even deload. No. 14 weeks. Yeah. 14 straight, weeks. Straight. Hard training. Or, or you know, since we called out Shulk, Shulk earlier in this episode, I'm going to call Lex a little. Because he, uh, early on in his training, I'm pretty sure, like, back, uh, like, I've watched his videos for a while. And kind of back when he was training at, I don't remember the act, uh, the actual gym name, but he had said that he had, like, never deloaded. And at that point, he'd already squatted, like, 
455 or 500 or some yeah. shit. Like he was I, really strong already, but I he think had never deloaded. People don't deload. I honestly believe that like your body just naturally deloads. Just, yeah, it does it for like, you? Yeah, you just like you're gonna have that week where you feel like shit and you just don't work as hard and like yeah. that's your deload. Yeah, much. and and don't progress. Yeah. But like that's just because you you've already ran your body into the ground yeah. and it's just fucking yeah. just going on the ground. So dude. if that <laughs> happens, like if that happens, like that's why we should just know like when to take a deload signs of a deload and just mm-hmm. do a deload because then you can have such a better like rebound effect your mm-hmm. next mesocycle and and, next... and you don't have to run yourself into the ground, ground because if you yeah. do that you might get hurt and yeah. then that could set you back exactly. a long time so months like, years yeah. lifetime yeah injury could happen literally then you're out of the game for good yeah 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 so like what what is a deload pretty much like what what's the main purpose of a deload yep so a deload is usually, uh, well, I mean, they're usually pre-planned. They can also be auto-regulated. Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand. But uh, the whole purpose of a deload is to drop accumulated fatigue that you get over the course of a mesocycle. Mm-hmm. So you're just training harder and harder, using more volume, getting higher in intensity. And what comes up must come down. Exactly. So you kind of have to dial things back. It's also the same thing with, like, nutrition, too. Yeah. Like, you can't. Just constantly pound. being a surplus because one your body becomes less efficient at mm-hmm. utilizing the nutrients and also uh just you get fat yeah the whole p ratio topic yeah p ratios you feel like shit and you just need to do the opposite for a little while yeah so uh yeah it's a way to drop accumulating fatigue pretty much everybody does it yeah and it's a very uh effective know. way of uh continuing progression with exactly. your training yeah so uh but so Max mentioned uh, pre-planned deloads and like auto-regulated deloads. So I think like some people like to pre-plan their deloads. So maybe like every like I think maybe for more experienced people like every three weeks or every four four weeks, you know, just mm-hmm. taking a if deload. You're really big. Yeah, if you're really big, like every four weeks, some people deload where they just take a week off, and we'll we'll explain what those that week off looks like. But so what I was saying is like a. A pre-planned deload is every four weeks, no matter what. I'm just going to, like, rest my body. Well, it could also be between a certain amount of time. So it yeah, could be, like, every that, six weeks or something like that. Yeah, it could be, a, yeah, it could, depending on, like, what your body likes. But, like, me and you do more auto. I would say we're, we're kind of, we, we know when our bodies need a deload, like, mm-hmm. what the, how long we can usually go for. But it's more, mm-hmm. like, auto-regulated. Like, it might be five weeks or it might be six weeks for me personally. Mm-hmm. And, and also what we mean by auto-regulated is... Uh, like using different like indicators, yeah, like body indicators to know how fatigued we are at different times, how much mm-hmm. progress we're making in the gym. We're gonna get into all the different signs that you might need a deload, but auto regulated just means that you kind of listen to your body a little bit more than yeah, just uh going Having, straight off programming. Exactly, yeah. So, which I think there's to me, I like, I think in the <laughs> intermediate stages of lifting, like when you're not super strong yet and stuff, like. Mm-hmm. Maybe doing more auto-regulated deloads is probably better because, like, if you can, like, push another week and get good gains and you can recover good and stuff, like, mm-hmm. I don't see a reason why not to. Yeah. You know, especially if you're not, like, driving yourself into the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, this week I was, like, kind of like, uh, maybe I'll deload next week. But then, like, everything kind of came around and I recovered good. Like, like I was telling you before, like, I did – like, my hamstring volume got kind of high my last session. And, like, dude, my hamstrings were fucking sore mm-hmm. for, like, two days. And then, like, today I woke up and they, like, weren't sore at all. 
So I'm like, oh, I, I can push Sus. a little harder next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sus, right? Yeah, no. Pounding the test. Yeah, right? No, but yeah, so I'm thinking like, all right, well, I recovered. So like, and like, I still have another day before my next hamstring training. So like next week, I'm going to add a little more volume, just mm-hmm. totally fucking kill myself in the gym. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to need a deal. Like there's no yeah. way I'm going to be able to recover right. properly to keep pushing. So. Yeah. Also, one thing I want to touch on is like it's the differences you make between like training for longer versus like deloading earlier or something like that. Um, like it matters, but I feel like it matters not a ton in the long run because when you deload, you also bring down your MEV, you bring down your mm-hmm. MRV, and you're just super more like way more sensitive to training, training yeah. way more sensitive to a surplus again. Um, and just a lot of things improve with the deload besides just losing fatigue. Um, so like, I feel like your training will be a lot more effective too afterwards. Yeah. So even though like it's a week where you're not progressing, you're going to have that week anyways. Mm. And like for some people deloading earlier and, uh, starting training up after that would be more beneficial for them while for others, uh, training for longer. Um, and then just deloading a little bit later would also work. Yeah. I think it all, I think it comes back to like how hard you train within your mesocycle sure. too. Cause like some people maybe like, like the higher volume guys, like where volume just gets really high, like you might have to deload quicker just cause oh, yeah. volume accumulates more fatigue, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe like the lower volume guys that are just moving heavier weights and shit, like maybe they can push it a little longer mm-hmm. within a mesocycle just because the volume isn't as high and right. their, fati- their fatigue does accumulate over time but just slower because yeah, so I'm pretty sure a lot of the like Nick Law for example yeah. doesn't he like deload every like eight weeks or some shit yeah I think I think so and like that or even longer I, than that I was listening to because I know Luke Miller is the host of the No Switching and I think mm-hmm. or he was on John Jude's podcast too okay it was one, but the, he was talking about how every it's like every six to seven weeks for himself or something, mm-hmm. which is a little longer. And like he, they, those guys, I feel like are. But I feel like they they don't fuck with volume quite as much. Yeah, they're, I was just gonna say they're lower volume guys. I think. Yeah, right, and I feel like yeah, it yeah, it definitely depends on that. That's something we touched on in the last episode. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen that episode, definitely check it out. Exactly, it's a great one. Exactly. Uh, do you want to go over some of the signs that you might need a deload? Yeah. You want to get into them or should I get into them? Get into them to start. Yeah, so I'll just kind of list them off, then we kind of can touch on each one a little bit. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so one thing obviously is uh, your progression with your lifts starts to slow down or go backwards. So (laughs) obviously, like if you last week you benched 100 pounds for 10 reps, and then this week you benched 100 pounds for nine reps, like if you're Mm -hmm. going backwards, and not progressing like mate that's a that's a usually a great sign that you need a deload because like mm-hmm. obviously you want to be progressing something just to add to that is i also feel like it needs to be like there needs to be like two or well at least two workouts where you experience the same thing yeah exactly like if it's just one week it, you might have had an off day right. exactly so like like like, like max said that, that really good point is like it should be you should have like two weeks of like data kind of mm-hmm. you know what i mean like or at least just multiple sessions in a row where you're just feeling super run down. You're yeah, because sometimes it's not just one muscle group. Either. Yeah, exactly. Because sometimes you're just overall just your CNS is just fucking fried. Mm-hmm. Where like everything just kind of starts tanking. Yeah. So like that's a great sign. Uh, another thing is your sleep. So sleep is kind of really overlooked. So like 
if your sleep starts going and it to shit, not be. yeah, like if you can't if you can't fall asleep, if you're waking up here like a bunch throughout the night, and if you're sleeping six hours a night, yeah, if you're sleeping six hours a night, which unfortunately, I, <laughs> oh yeah, you do, I currently do, but I really don't have an option right now. Yeah, but, uh, right. I'm trying to get the, I, I but do your sleep quality is high. My sleep quality is high. I do. I have a very, uh, good nighttime routine yeah so and, and a lot of people that sleep six hours don't yeah a lot well, of people that don't i'd honestly say like in actual extreme it'd be like four hours yeah like so some people can survive off six yeah six six i don't like that i'm getting i get yeah. six and a half to be exact ah, okay it's that half hour that really makes a difference <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh yeah so if your sleep starts going to shit like you can't fall asleep you're waking up a bunch throughout the night like mm-hmm. even when you wake up if you feel super like lethargic still and like you're like, like when like like that's another thing that I know my sleeps get the sleep I'm getting is quality because like I when I wake up like when my alarm goes off I'm up I'm out of bed instantly like five thirty I'm really? yeah dude like I, it's crazy like every morning my alarm goes off like I literally get out of bed like in two seconds and I'm like ready and like energy's high like it's crazy so like I might be not like that's kind of a good sign that like my sleep's good mm-hmm. but like if you're waking up and like it takes you fucking like not literally but like i just feel like if it maybe takes you longer not even a few no. snoozes or something not even that like i think that's fine but like even like say like two hours after you've woken after you've gotten out of bed if you still mm-hmm. are tired and like not going yet like pistons aren't firing mm-hmm. that's kind of a sign that maybe your sleep quality is not good i think for sure so just to go off on a bit of a tangent just kind of talk, talk about your sleep do you use your phone as an alarm i do yeah 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 that's and when do you get to work? I get to work at six. Okay. And I wake up at five thirty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like, yeah, because per- like personally, sometimes like, well, most of the time I like snooze it mm-hmm. at least once or twice. Yeah, I don't really have the option to snooze it. Yeah. Be late for work. I do, and and I feel like that's kind of what fucked me up. Dude. So yeah, and that's another thing too. Like, something for me, like in the morning when I wake up, I have a morning routine too before I go to work, mm-hmm. and like. I'm addicted to like having a routine. So if like I don't mm-hmm. do that routine, I get like I kind of get like pissed off at myself. Sure. So that's another thing that helps me get out of bed. I feel like that's what I need to get better at. Yeah. So like in the morning, like I kind of like I have, like some things I'll journal and then like obviously mm-hmm. like I'll kind of like weigh myself and mm-hmm. some other crap like use the bathroom and piss and shit. Yeah, piss and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like having stuff like that kind of helps me get out of bed, but I don't really think that's. I don't know if that's gonna help your deload or not, but yeah. maybe that's what how I maybe that's why I get out of bed so quick. But yeah, but yeah, but but sleep is definitely super important, and uh, you know, this is something that I've actually told a lot of my clients. Now that I think about it, is sleep is one of those things that are very slept on, <laughs> but um, true. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, it just really shouldn't be something like that because, like, even. Like, you just really can't get around it because... No, dude. Like, you can't sleep four hours and expect that you'll still be fine just if you're eating enough calories. Yeah. Or something like that. There's a point where sleep just... Or enough caffeine. Yeah, exactly. And that's another thing. If you're just pounding caffeine, like, you're just sending... Like, that's... That's, like, the cortisol you you get from, like, caffeine and shit throughout the day and stuff. It's just... I don't know. Sleep is so important. Just, Just... Get your just sleep. trust us, yeah. Get your sleep. <laughs> just and, trust and if us. your sleep is starting, to, if your sleep is noticeably starting to get worse and worse over a couple mm-hmm. days or over the week, that's a good sign that you might need to take a deload. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Some other things too that might be signs are appetite decreases. So like 
don't know about you, but sometimes for me, and I've heard other people say this too, like when your fatigue gets so high and like after hard workouts, like usually after hard workouts, your appetite is lower, but like where you just never want to eat, like mm-hmm. you kind of don't get hungry at all. You don't get hungry at all. It's kind mm-hmm. of a, like, I don't know, like this might be an anecdote, but like it's kind of a sign that your body's not really utilizing what you're giving it. Mm-hmm. in the right way so you're kind of just like not hungry you're just kind of piling food on food on food like yeah. if that kind of makes sense i don't know i i think it does you know I what i mean though yeah so yeah like if your appetite starts to like literally go away could be a sign uh energy throughout the day so just feeling like shit all day long <laughs> it's probably a that's good also, sign. yeah it's probably a good sign it's probably a good sign you, you need to back off on yeah. something man yeah <laughs> uh so you know that kind of just like means like i mean it's pretty self-explanatory just your energy's crashed throughout the entire day like let's say you wake up you have you have your morning coffee you feel no different afterwards you have your your meals you don't really feel any or any energy from them at all uh but that also could have to do with a bunch of other things but it's also a really good marker for uh when to deload yeah because like if you have your meals and your coffee shit that usually makes you feel good and stuff Mm -hmm. and you just still feel like crap after like even yeah. even if you're getting good sleep, like you might be getting good sleep, but if your energy throughout the day sucks. Mm-hmm. And another thing we should touch to is like you don't have to experience all of these. Like it might be one. Like one might stand out more than the other. So mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of pay attention to all those things. But like the more you experience, the more for sure you can be on when to take a deload. These yeah. are more like signs that you need a deload. Um, if you're using like a more auto regulated method. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like if like I would say. Like, if you only have one of these symptoms, like, occurring, you probably don't need a deload. It might just be, like, an off week. But if you have, like, I would say at least if you have two of these things happening simultaneously, mm-hmm. probably a good indicator that that's when your body needs a deload. And I also feel like there's kind of different tiers to it. So, like, if your progression is regressing over multiple workouts, but yeah. your sleep is still good, your appetite's still good, and shit like that, like, that's still, like, kind of a point, a sign that you should deload yeah, anyways. That's good that you said that because that's exactly where I'm at right now. Like, well, I shouldn't, like, my my uh, lifts aren't regressing, but they're definitely really slowing down. Mm-hmm. And, like, my overall energy is good. Uh, my sleep's good. But my mm-hmm. lifts are just starting to slow down. So it's, like, right. why I keep pounding myself? Mm-hmm. when my en- Like, if I can keep my energy high and my sleep good mm-hmm. and then deload and mm-hmm. keep all that shit good, it's, like, a win-win. Yeah. You know? Right. But I'm not going to keep trying to kill myself in the gym if I'm not going anywhere. So I'll just take yeah. a nice deload. So the the next point we have is, like, the ability to recover decreases. So, like, in Shay's case, like, his recovery is still pretty decent. Mm-hmm. But uh, because, like, volume and intensity increase over the time throughout the mesocycle, yeah. training is going to get harder. And uh, let's say if he kept going for another week and and like his lifts are already suffering like if he went up in volume again like at that point uh like ability to recover would be probably decreased at that point right? yeah oh for so, sure like i don't want to do five sets of rdls yeah like, so, i'll literally not have hamstrings right yeah so yeah so like in that case it's probably good to deload before that happens right yeah you know? so so you're not like like being sore and then being sore again for the next workout in the same muscle group, like that's kind of what you definitely want. To yeah, play. you want to be recovering session to session. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really think we need to cover the next one. No. No, because that's a whole topic itself. Yeah. Right. It, to, it's kind of a more a bit more into the weeds. Yeah. It's HRV and heart uh, resting heart rate, but if you track that stuff, just 
if you if you're tracking that stuff, you probably know enough about it. So if that shit starts to get out of mm-hmm. whack, probably a good sign. I'm not gonna explain it. Well, I feel like you should talk about a little bit about the July Fourth incident. Like that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So I personally track my HRV and resting heart rate, and um, he has a watch. Yeah, I have a watch. Whether and it might not be accurate, but it's consistent. Which mm-hmm. is what matters. So it gives me a pattern. So over time, like if my resting heart rate starts to significantly go up, that means like my body's under stress and whatnot. And I'm not mm-hmm. gonna get into the details, but it's a sign that your body's under stress. And if your heart rate variability starts to decrease, that's another sign that you're just it pretty much means your heart is less responsive to uh stress on the body. Mm-hmm. So which is not a good thing. You you want your heart to be responsive to stresses. So if your heart rate variability drops that's usually not good. Uh, but anyways, yeah, over the 4th of July, uh, I had some fun. Uh, as anyone would. As anyone would, yeah. And my heart rate variability usually sits around like 120, 128, which that's kind of my normal range, which is pretty good. And those two nights I had some fun, you know, staying up late, just doing shit that I usually don't do that I used to do a lot. <laughs> Uh, but my heart rate very really literally crashed. Like, went down to like f- something that I probably should be dead at <laughs> within a night. And then my resting heart rate went from like forty two to like fifty overnight. Just shot up. So like, and compared to the rest of his data too, it's completely it's it's yeah, outliers. It's complete outlier. So on that like, Shay's like, like half dead, dead with like a forty five average heart rate. Yeah. So yeah, so it's just like there's something to be said there that. It's kind of off topic of the, our topic today, but if you want to be making optimal gains, you, sh- you shouldn't be drinking every single night. Moral story. <laughs> All right, guys. So next thing we're going to talk about here is how to de-loud. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. You just totally called me out. <laughs> My dyslexic ass. <laughs> All right. So basically when you're trying to deload, uh, there's kind of two ways of going about it. The first way is kind of like what I usually do. So the first half of your week is uh, like you keep the load the same as what you're doing in the uh, previous week. So that's also like the week where you're training the hardest. So your loads are going to be the highest they've ever been throughout that mesocycle most likely. Um, But you cut volume because volume is a very uh, big driver of fatigue um, along with intensity, of course. But then the second week, you cut the load. Second half of the week. Yeah, the second half of the week, yeah. right? You also cut the load in uh, along with the volume that you already cut. So basically, like it's kind of just like two steps down mm-hmm. as, as far as training goes. Like first you cut the volume, next you cut the load. Yep. And then so you're already kind of at the start of the week, you're already like training. Um, half of the week prior. Half the week prior, fuck, I totally messed that up. Very good. But, uh, yeah, you basically just take two steps down, and then by the end of the week, you're keeping volume super low. You're keeping load super low. You're basically just half-assing it all the time in the gym. Yeah. But that's exactly what you need in order to continue making good progress. So. Yeah, and it's it kind of sucks knowing you have a deload coming up because sure. it's like, oh, fuck, like, pussy shit. But, like, dude, when, you, when you're taking that deload, yeah, you, you realize, like, dang, like, I needed this. And, like, honestly, like, sometimes during the deload – I'm just like, I wish I could train like this all the time. It's just so nice <laughs> yeah. sometimes. sometimes. Dude, imagine just... if you just build out to a amount of muscle just half-ass it. Yeah, dude. I know. It's just like, honestly, too, deloads are a great time to really just practice, too, mm-hmm. in my technique. opinion. Yeah, like technique. Like just really, it's a, like 
you don't you don't have to look at a deload as a waste of time. Well, it's it's not a waste of time because you're dropping fatigue and priming your body for your next mesocycle. But like you can definitely like I always use like if I have like high bar squats or something in there like mm-hmm. with load and volume super low, I just really focus on like kind of tweaking Slow my eccentrics. Yeah, just tweaking my form and getting yeah. good at the movement. You yeah, that's the nice thing about, like, actually training during a deload. Like, there's other ways of deloading, like, just taking a week off or something, which I personally wouldn't recommend because the whole reason that you deload and not just do nothing, like, doing nothing would probably drop a lot of fatigue, but mm-hmm. the whole purpose of doing a deload, too, is still being able to have your preparedness up at some point. Yeah. And not just completely just getting rid of all the movements and just not doing anything for a week just sitting on the couch eating chips and watching tv yeah because i think just sitting on the couch doing that is less conducive to recovery than actually True. like and actually, moving and yeah. getting good blood flow and stuff for sure and and then also imagine just coming back to a a mass phase after taking a week off and doing nothing <laughs> yeah, at all freaking dead after yeah. you need a deload the next week probably <laughs> exactly yeah. But yeah, that's the uh, first way of deloading. Shay, do you want to talk about the second one? Yeah, so the second one, so that's the one that Max, that was how you recently did your deload, right? The, the first one. Yeah, so that's how Max re- recently did his. And the second way is how I recently did mine. And it was okay, but I would, personally, I would recommend the way Max just explained. But so the second way is uh, the first half of the week, you cut uh, the load in half right away. So if you're squatting a hundred pounds, you would cut, go down to 50 or 60 pounds, but you keep volume the same. So if you did four sets the week prior, you're still doing that four sets, but you're doing with half the load. And then the second half of the week, you cut the volume in half. So now the loads cut in half and volumes cut in half. So again, it still has that. It's, it's still a two step process. Mm-hmm. So the first half of the week, you're kind of, you're dropping a good amount of fatigue. And then the second half of the week, you just really drop fatigue because the load and the volume both is literally cut in half. And I do feel like there are some positives to that. Yeah. I think some positives are, is just like you maybe, I don't really know though. Like there's positives to both, but I think the positives to keeping the load high the first half of the week, is better in my opinion. Yeah, because that, like I was saying before, it keeps your preparedness where it's at. Yeah, and like, and yeah, exactly, like neurologically. Right. And like you said too, before the podcast, before we started the podcast, is one of the main drivers of fatigue is volume. Mm-hmm. So like, wouldn't it make more sense to cut volume before load? Right. Yeah, that's exactly what we touched on last podcast. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think I'm really excited for my deal coming up because I'm gonna try the first one that you explained and yeah yeah so well, like either way both of them are both methods of... yeah you're both pretty much training like a pussy so you're gonna drop it exactly exactly yeah. you're basically training like a uh a person on gymshark train yeah <laughs> oh my god we're we're just putting everyone in the fire today putting everyone on blast today oh yeah. man uh interesting podcast today yeah so that's how to deload so then another really uh common thing people always wonder about when they deload is how to eat during a deload. Mm-hmm. So do you want to, you can probably, you can start on that. Yeah. Sure. So first thing I want to talk about is kind of like how a lot of people think they should eat during a deload. Mm-hmm. Um, some people think, you know, like they're in a mass phase, for example, you know, their main goal is to gain weight. And so they basically think that, oh, I should just continue my surplus throughout this 
deload, even though I'm not training hard. You're really going to gain weight then. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're really going to gain weight because you're not, you know, pr- providing a stimulus to gain any significant amount of muscle. So basically you're just more or less sitting on your ass and just improving or just keeping preparedness where it's at. Well, we put right? our bodies in a surplus for a reason while yeah. we're training. So like if you don't have that stimulus and you're in a surplus, you're kind of just eating in a surplus for no reason Yeah. at that right. point. And like you don't need a surplus to recover. You just kind of need maintenance. Yeah. So Right. And then the other I, – I feel like this is an even better example where people are in like a cutting phase mm-hmm. and uh, like – so – like we were talking about earlier, the whole point of a of a deload is to drop accumulated fatigue. Yep. And if you're in a and if you're in a deficit, if you're in a cutting phase, and you think that you should be in a deficit throughout your deload, where you're trying to drop accumulated fatigue, that just doesn't make any sense because yeah, like how is your you're not feeling your body so right. Yeah, like you're staying in a deficit. You're staying below the amount of calories your body needs in order to maintain its weight. Yeah, that's a stressor on itself. Exactly. So, you're just continuing the stress throughout that week while you're supposed to be not doing that. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I think the the issue around that is like people like get deep into their cut and they start looking good and they're afraid to fucking move. They're, they're afraid to move their food at all. Oh, for sure. But like people, it's maintenance. Like just spell it out. Maintenance. You're main. You're gonna maintain what you have. Like, yeah, you'll maintain your lean tissue. You're gonna. You're not gonna gain weight. And honestly, sometimes, like, I know for me, every time I come out of a cut and I bump food up, I end up losing more weight just because, like, <laughs> you have more energy and you're moving more and shit. Yeah. So, like, don't be afraid to bump your calories up to maintenance during a cut. Yeah, even slightly above. Honestly, slightly. I uh, well depends what your goal is and like yeah. the time frame of what you're going for. But yeah. So after we talked about that, we were gonna talk about how to actually eat during a deload and we both recommend to eat at maintenance mm-hmm. because you know the whole point is to drop accumulated fatigue and it's kind of nice to also like whether you're in a surplus or a deficit to just not either pound food or get a little break from yeah just stop pushing stuff. either way yeah exactly you know? yeah just, so. just kind of relax and maybe train less during that week and yeah maybe i sometimes deloads like kind of Max just recently had this too. Like, if you can, like, maybe plan your deload when you have a vacation or something. Do like an active rest where, like, mm-hmm. again, like, maybe you won't be training at all, but like, mm-hmm. and it's not, you're not, you'll be fine. And sometimes you come back and you, you respond super well. And it's just like, that's when you realize that, hey, like, that deload, I should start taking those more. And it took mm-hmm. me a while to realize that I had a couple of mesocycles. I wouldn't even consider them mesocycles. Mm-hmm. Where I just killed myself for weeks straight and finally would deload and just they're so worth it. And mm-hmm. uh, if you're training hard enough and you're not – and you're, if you're truly training hard enough, you'll need a deload. Or your body will do it for you. Yeah, or your body will do it for you and you'll just be that fucking badass that never deloads. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but. yeah. Yeah. I haven't deloaded since I was 13. Right. Yeah. That's, um, that's just not the case. Yeah. Right. Your body will naturally do it. So why not just do it yourself and make the best out of it? Exactly. Also, something I wanted to touch on too was just besides the physiological um, benefits of doing a deload mm-hmm. and also eat, eating at maintenance, the psychological benefits you have are crazy. Yeah, yeah. And also doing an active rest too, just because we were talking about Do you that. mean like kind of like, like – like, I don't know why we didn't cover this, but like another sign that you might need a deload is just your motivation to train. Like you just don't want to train. Mm-hmm. 
Is that kind of what you mean psychologically? Totally. Like yeah. kind of like like I'm always super excited to train like mm-hmm. after a deload, and that usually lasts for like six weeks. And it's just like, yeah, I'm not 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 that I don't want to train. It's just kind of like, yeah. Uh, you know, it's getting yeah. It's basically like every time to grind that shit real hard. You know, it's basically like every time you get to the gym, all you want to do is like rip your ears off and gouge out your eyes. That's pretty much what you feel too. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, exactly. Loss of motivation to train is definitely uh, a good a sign. great sign. It's a great sign. I don't know why we didn't cover that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because we were really more focused on the. Uh, I'd say more focused on the physiological aspect. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, your desire to train, fat plummets. Uh, but it's either that you don't like what you're doing, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're just beta. You're you just don't beta. Like, <laughs> don't like what you're doing, or yeah, if you if 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 there's weak if there's weeks you don't want to train, like there's something something wrong with you. Yeah, like, you should just always want to train. No, <laughs> but seriously, it happens to all of us. And if your desire of training really plummets, then yeah, that's a great sign actually that you need a break. Mm-hmm. And that actually happens to me quite often. So yeah. That deload always resparks that fire. Oh yeah, oh for sure. So. Yeah, and then on the, on that deload, like you, you know, you're training just so half ass, and then you go on Instagram and see all these people just mm-hmm. destroying shit and yeah, it just pumps. fires you up. Yeah, yeah right. Like, right. Yeah. Well, I think that's all, pretty much for a deload. Well, actually, one more thing. Oh, is there one more thing? We did want to touch on eating in a smaller like surplus oh, towards yeah. the end of your deload. Yeah. So. Basically, uh, like we said, you have to eat at maintenance during your deload in order to actually drop that fatigue and not just continue stressing your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like, let's say, like, one or two days before your next actual mesocycle, um, especially if you're in a surplus. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd say this would only apply to when you're in a surplus. Yeah, because it wouldn't make sense to cut your calories yeah. in, that, in a deload. Yeah. So, like, if you're in a mass phase and you're deloading, you keep maintenance for at least the first like five days i'd say yep then like in the first like in the last day or two of your deload it might be smart to start bumping up your food a little bit to replenish your glycogen stores and really drop fatigue and really drop fatigue too and that might be where it might be beneficial in a deficit if you're in a fat loss phase because like say because like one to two days of maybe eating above maintenance calories like slightly above like slightly above is gonna be maybe like a little refeed yeah. Like a little couple two refeed days or something. Nothing yeah. crazy. Don't get out of hand. Uh yeah. Don't go ahead and just slam low loaves yeah. of bread or something. But especially during a deficit, like maybe two days of feeding up a little bit might really drop fatigue and might make your next uh mesocycle of cutting or uh cutting phase really uh successful. So, For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Glad you remembered that. But yeah, I think that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about as far as D loads go. Yeah, I think that's everything. So uh, thank you guys for listening into another episode of the Meathead University. Uh, we'll see you guys next time for episode five.